Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment Professionals. You're listening to the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast, a series featuring the next generation of creative and business professionals in music, TV, and film. Hear their stories on navigating the industry with the help of the Young Entertainment Professionals Network. I, I just believe now that every artist should do some of that. Like, listen to songs, listen to a lot of songs. And in that time period, I think in that six months when I was listening to songs and writing a lot, I figured out more who I was as an artist than ever. Welcome, Drew Baldridge, to the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? You're amazing. I'm no amazing. one's ever said that before on this podcast. Well, You're I'm the first. a positive person, you know? That's I good. I like to think positive. Is that how you start your shows? Walk out and say, hey, everybody, I'm amazing. <laughs> no, on a, positive, on a positive note. <laughs> yeah. No, on a positive note. I definitely try to start on a positive note. I forget That'd be funny. It. Hey, everybody, I'm Drew Baldridge, and I'm amazing today. Please How are you? <laughs> say that at your next show. <laughs> that would um, be awesome. Uh, so you just, you were just telling me before we started recording that you've had a lot of shows. In yeah, the past we've been, weeks. we've been out on the road. Um, so we, we put out a new single, Middle of Nowhere Kids. And mm-hmm. um, with doing that, you have to do um, radio tour which is just crazy. So you go oh, yeah. all over the country visiting radio stations. Um, and then a lot of times you go back and do radio shows. And so for the last couple of weeks, um, you know, we were out for 10 days and then I came back and I was out for another three. And then I just came back and I was gone last night for a one-off in California. So we've probably done, you know, 14, 15 shows in the last 20 wow. days. So it's been it's been pretty wild, but it's been good. We've been out on the road. We did radio tour, and now we're we're just starting um, a fall tour with Low Cash, oh, which is it. super awesome. Thank you so much. We just had our first show this weekend with those guys, and um, Preston and Chris. They're just amazing humans. You know, like mm-hmm. we played a show on Saturday with them, and that was our first show with them. And my band was going home, and Preston was like, "Drew, just." We got a show tomorrow. Just hop on here and ride with us, and let's like write some songs, play golf tomorrow. I was like, okay, great, oh, yeah, perfect. That sounds, <laughs> sounds like a perfect plan. Yeah, so this is. Uh, I think it's going to be an awesome tour. They're just you know really good people, and that's who I like to surround myself with is really good people, and they're definitely that. What's the tour called? It is called the One Big Country Tour. Okay, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> sounds like something you would be a part yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One Big Country Tour. Um, so you just mentioned about your current single, which I wanted to eventually ask about. Uh, Middle of Nowhere Kids. You wrote it with John Pierce, Randy Montana, and Tony Lane. Um, talk about it. Yeah, it's well, I actually, I actually didn't write it. It was an outside song, and I just oh. heard it. And those three guys wrote it. And I heard the song, and immediately it was just like, man, this is my life. You know, this is how I grew up. I grew up in a town um, called Patoka, Illinois, which is a town of about 550 people. Mm. And... You know, I graduated with 22 kids before moving to Nashville, and I grew up on a farm there, farming with my grandpa. And, you know, the song says, you know, for all you raised on a John Deere plowboy, you know, song for all you cowboys. This is for you kind of thing. And, you know, I grew up, we had 100, ca- 100 cows and grew up on a riding a tractor. That was the first thing I learned how to drive was on a tractor at 13. Wow. I remember, I'll never forget, my brother threw me in there and he was like, all right, pick up all these bales, figure it out. I'll come back and get you. <laughs> it's like, okay. You know, and he came back and got me. I probably had one bale picked up trying to figure it out, but it was just, it was a way of life. And that's what that song is, is, you know, it's the middle of nowhere kids. We had to drive about, I remember growing up, we would drive about an hour to go get like school clothes. When mm-hmm. school started, we would drive to the suburbs of St. Louis, um, a town called Fairview Heights. And, uh, we would drive there. It was the closest mall to us was there. So we would drive there and shop and stuff. So we were in the middle of nowhere. And it's how I loved 
growing up, I loved, I loved that lifestyle. I still do love that lifestyle. I miss it. And the whole second verse of middle of nowhere kids, you know, it talks about, you know, calling your mom and dad and your mom handing your dad the phone and man, you miss that first kiss town, you know? And it's just like, it's not only for people that live in that town, it's for transplants, people that, you know, like we were just talking when you, when you first came in, you're like, you know, I'm from Georgia and you said the town I've never heard of it before. Oh, there's maybe two people, <laughs> maybe about two people in Nashville that have heard of Hepsonville before. Yeah. And they only know because they've passed through it to go to the beach. See, like, I've never <laughs> heard of it. So it's like all these, and now you're living in Nashville. Yeah. So it's like the song is also for transplants, people that are from the middle of nowhere. And even if you're living in a big city and you're from there, it still hits home with you because it has that look back of like, man, I miss that. I miss where I come from. You know, how often do you find songs that are outside cuts that you, uh, are out? Yeah. So, um, my first record, I wrote all the songs except two. And, um, this new project I've been working on, we have five, six songs that, um, I'm really proud of that. I think we're going to uh, end up making a record with, and there's three outside songs. And this is the first time I've ever looked for outside music. I've always wrote everything pretty much except, you know, for that first one, I had two songs, but besides that, I was writing everything. And then, um, I started working with a really awesome, uh, independent A&R, uh, lady named Carol Ann Mobley and yeah. she is incredible. And so we went out and we looked for songs. And when I did that, I, I just believe now that every artist should do some of that, like listen to songs, listen to a lot of songs. And in that time period, I think in that six months when I was listening to songs and writing a lot, I figured out more who I was as an artist than ever. Oh, wow. Was just, okay. you know, I listened to thousands of songs that weren't mine, that have never been cut. And you're like, man, if these songs are this good, I have to step my own writing up too. You know, you start, well, I wouldn't say that. Oh, I would say that. You know, so you start figuring out who you are as an artist, but also what the competition is, how good songs are, how good of songs are that aren't getting cut. It's like, man, as a writer... I have to make songs this good, you know, and, and if I can't make a song that good, I'm going to cut this, you know? So there's, there was times of that where I would hear a song, we cut, we cut another song called When I Fall, and there's just no way I could have wrote that song. When I hear it, I'm like, I don't even think that way. It's like, I gotta, I, there's no way I'll ever write a song like this. I have to cut this. So it's, it's really cool because you can find songs that, stuff that you would say, but you wouldn't Mm -hmm. think of it that way or the melody, you would never go there. And it really grew me a lot as an artist, as a singer too, because, um, the melodies are different than what you would do sometimes. And you have to force yourself and to, to learn that melody and, and learn something different. So I, I really have enjoyed the process of, of cutting outside songs and, um, figuring out who I am. I also cut some of my own songs too, but, um, this song is full of great, this town is full of great songwriters. Mm -hmm. There's, the best songwriters in the world are in Nashville, Tennessee, you know, and I agree. It's just, they're the ones that tell the stories. They're the ones that, you know, when people cut records, they come here to cut records. And sometimes if they want a good story song, where do they come? They come to Nashville. And so it's like, why would we not as an artist cut an outside song? You know, it's, it's the heart of this city. And so, um, I think for my whole career, I'll probably cut outside stuff. I, I love hearing outside songs. I cut another one called God's People, um, by Phil O'Donnell and Brandon Hood and, um, Phil O'Donnell, we call him Phil Billy. He's just really country. <laughs> um, he's, he's from Canada too. And so he was one of the first, one of the first guys that really believed in me in Nashville and Phil, Phil Billy, you know, he produced all of the Craig Morgan records and has written tons of songs. And he played me this God's people song. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. And it's so cool that, you know, he gives me that opportunity to cut it. I'm a, I'm a young artist, you know, there's no telling if he'll, 
it'll make it or not, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's really cool that the, that the writers let me have that opportunity. Um, would you say that in that process as well, you were finding out what kind of co-writer you yeah. were and yeah. what kind of songwriters you wanted to write with that would fill the gap in, in, in a session? I really do. And I think throughout doing this, I found songwriters too, that I didn't know that I would write well with when I heard their songs ever consistently. I liked their stuff and I was like, Oh man, this is really good. Like I should get in a room and write with this guy, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I think that's a big part of it too. Not that who I'm writing with is wrong. Cause I really like the stuff I'm getting too. But sometimes mm-hmm. you hear something different. You're like, Oh man, that's really different. Who's on that. And then you're like, Oh man, the last song I liked, he was on it too. And so you're so right. You hit the nail on the head on that. I've just, you really, you really do find people through listening who you, who you'd collaborate with. Right. Um, so before you started looking for those songs and really got into songwriting, what kind of music were you drawn to? Oh, man, I'm drawn kind of all over the board. So my first record um, was kind of all over the place. You know, I love between me, I just between me and you, I love <laughs> this is not between me and you because we're I was on a podcast. Say, I, was like, but, this is, um, I feel like we're just sitting here talking. Uh, this is not off the record. Um, I love like retro throwback, like earth, wind and fire and like temptations and Motown and stuff that, you know, that music, you really feel, you really feel it. There's so much soul to it and and grooves makes you want to dance, makes you cannot listen to September by earth, wind and fire and And not not smile or dance or groove, you know? And so, or like ABC by Michael Jackson, when you hear that song and if you're in a bad mood, that will make you happy. And so it's just like, I love that music. And so when I made that record, you know, our first single was a song called dance with you that had horns all over it and very, uh, that kind of style of music. Not saying I won't ever go there again, but this new record has been more country, more my roots where I come from small town. But, um, my first record, it was kind of had some of that, you know, kind of dance stuff. And on stage, if you come to one of our shows, my guys are like the temptations. They'll slide, they'll spin. So we all do it at great. the same time, you know, and stuff. cause I, I love to dance. It's, you know, we're not in the singing industry. I'm a big believer in that. We're in the entertainment industry. You're a performer. And we're a performer. Exactly. So it's... Are you a fan of Leon Bridges? Yeah, he's pretty great. Okay. Because yeah. I watched him. You just... The whole... When you were just describing... I saw him at Pilgrimage last weekend. And he was just that. I mean, totally in his own element. Doing the whole, like, Michael Jackson. Yeah. I wish I could be singer. Michael Jackson, but I just can't sing or talk that way or sing high <laughs> notes and, and stuff like that. You know, it's country. And of course what I sing is going to be country, but I do, I do love that music. So I always, my live show, there's a lot of dancing, a lot of entertainment, a lot of fun. You know, I like songs that make you smile that make you feel good. Um, so I think there will be some of that still on this record. Um, but for the most part, this new record we've been working on has been very small town storyteller kind of music stuff. You could sit down with just you and an acoustic and the song sounds great, you know, and that's, that's another side of me that I love so much. I, I know it's like from far in the spectrum, like A to Z, but I love both sides. I love, you know, when I think about the songs I've been doing now, it makes me think of like Red Dirt Road, you know, yeah. like that song. I remember the first time I heard that song, it just was like, oh my goodness, this is my life, you know, or, or like Born Country by Alabama. It was like, you know, I was born country. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, man, that was me. You know, when I was younger, I was, this is a song. Got a hundred years of down home running through my blood. Dad gummit, that's who I am. And it's like, I want to write songs like that. I want to cut songs like that where there's some small town kid out there listening to music that one day will drive him to want to sing country music that will, you know, mm-hmm. take that song, put you in a real life story. We have another song called Senior Year we just put out. 
and the whole song's about senior year, about how awesome it was. You know, you're you're the kings, you're the queens, you're the you know wearing your jerseys in the hall, and you find that one love, and you think it's going to last forever, and it doesn't. You know, and it's yeah, just it's like totally, yeah, yeah, and it's just I get goosebumps talking about because it it's just it's real life, and that's what country music is 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 real life situations, and that's what we're writing for this new record is those kind of story songs, songs that make you feel something, songs that you can relate to, you know. When does this record come out? No clue. <laughs> Absolutely. we're really excited about yeah, it. Well, we get, yeah. well, here's between me and you, of course, no, not, not again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in the last week. If there week, was a title. <laughs> between me and you. <laughs> of this episode, that's what it would be called. Yeah, there we go. I love it. Um, but my label's closed down in the last week. And so we put out a new single. And, uh, of course, we were working towards to get this album out and yeah. maybe an EP or something. But I just lost my deal. You know, I don't have a record deal right now. And so we're looking for a new home. Hopefully we'll find one. Mm-hmm. And um, so right now, I, I wish I could say, well, this is the date. It's coming out. But I don't have that because I don't have a deal. <laughs> so I got to find me one of them. If I can find out. me we're a gonna, record we're deal. We're going to use this podcast episode we're, yes, we're to gonna get it, it out there. I love it. Um, so you've been working at this for seven plus years, traveling around, playing shows. Um, and I just want to know, how has the industry changed in your perspective? Um, I don't know if the industry, I haven't felt the industry change. I think what's changed for me is I feel more, I feel like I've been accepted more. You know, I think the more I play shows, the more I'm out on the road with other artists, the more respect I gain. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the longer that you stay in this business the you hang around you don't go nowhere the more respect you gain and you know when i was here in 2011 i'm here for you know i used to play downtown at tootsies and rippies and all this stuff i moved here at 19 right out of school i was here for probably two years three years and i got a record deal really fast you know and um now looking back it was probably too early but i didn't know at that time i was like oh i'm ready you know i'm ready for this but um, you know, looking back now, I don't know if I was because now I've come so far in that four years since I've had a deal, learned a lot, grown a lot. And I've also feel like in the country music world, I've been I've gained respect, you know, and I, I, I don't know how much the industry has changed. I guess te- it's really changed from streaming and all that side of things. But for me, like my business and how I want to grow my business um Country music is based on relationships and um, your friends and who you know and who's going to help you out and who you're going to help out and things. And, um, you know, everybody that's on the radio now, they're my buddies. We've been here. I've been with them for five years. You yeah. know, I remember, I remember sitting in a writing room, room probably this big, and me and Luke Combs sitting here talking. And I had a deal at the time, and I had a single out on radio called Dance With You. And and he, he was like, I just don't know what's going on. I can't get nobody to bite on what I'm doing, you know. And we're sitting there, we're writing a song. And I'm, and he's like, and you got this song, and it's working great for you. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, you're great. And he would sing. We were writing the song, and he'd sing so loud. And he was just got this loud voice. And I'd be like, dude, like, there's people writing next door. Like, you can't sing you gotta this like, loud. Bring <laughs> you got to tone it down. down. But bit. it's just like, yeah. you know, all these people that are on the radio now, they're, buddy, they're my friends. You want to see them succeed. You want to see them win. And so for me, that's what's changed the most is, you know, you kind of have a class that you grow up with. And we all moved here. We didn't know what to do. And now your buddies and friends are doing it. And it's really cool to see that. And so I think if you just stay in the game and 
don't go nowhere and you work hard and keep your head down. You look up and you're like, man, look how far I've come. Yeah. It's been, I've lived here eight years now. And so, you know, if you would have told me eight years ago that I was going to play with some of my favorite artists, play on the Grand Ole Opry 13 times, um, have a record working on a second one, um, fans all around the country, around the world, radio tour, been to every state in America, except Alaska doing radio shows. Except and things. A la- that's like that's one like of the, the coolest. I yeah. know. I know I got to get there. But it's just like if you would have told me that eight years ago, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things you just got to stick around and stick in it and and grow and grow and grow. And, you know, I think now I'm like, man, there's no no way I can get grow anymore. But I know two years from now, I'll probably look back and be like, yeah. oh, man, what was I doing back then? Well, but, but I was going to say as you're talking, it kind of reminds me like from the beginning of everything, especially anybody that works in the industry, you kind of have this sense of no fear because you don't have expectations. You're yeah. just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And then when the hard situations come around, you just have to remember why well, I didn't have expectations from the get-go. So yeah, it was fine, like you know? I didn't expect this small-town kid to get this far. You know, I, I really didn't. Yeah, I was hoping to, but I didn't really I had all these dreams and wishes, but I didn't know if I could make it this far. And mm-hmm. we're still here. We're still going. And, you know, it's just like it's just like you said, you just when one thing goes away, I always I believe this, too. It's like the most time you grow as an artist or anything in life or probably is when something doesn't go your way. You know, it's like when you're in an uncomfortable situation, you know, let's say you're on stage and all of a sudden all the power goes out. What do you do? You know, it's like those moments. OK, you lost a record deal. Well, what do you do now? Okay, I moved here. I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have no friends. What do you do? Those are the moments that you grow in life. Those are the moments you grow as an artist, you know, and you grow as a songwriter. Okay, I don't have any ideas. Well, what do I do? I go look for ideas, you know, and so those uncomfortable moments really make you who you are and, and help you grow. And I've had a lot of those. You know, there's no plan B. There was no plan B when I moved here. This is what I wanted to do was music, and I was just going to find a way how to do it. And I'm still a believer in that, like, I'm going to find a way how to do music the rest of my life. For one, I'm not good at anything else, <laughs> but I just love it so much. This is what I love. And I think you just got to, you got to outlive everybody around you, you know? That's a really good piece of advice. Just Sorry. outlive everyone. Outlive everybody. <laughs> <laughs> In every situation. Mm-hmm. The Young Entertainment Professionals Network creates a platform for the entertainment industry to thrive in a supportive and creative environment through networking events, showcases, mentorship, and educational development. Events include mixers as well as panels giving insight behind artist management, film and TV production, mental health, and more. Request to join our YEP Nashville community page on Facebook to expand your network and learn about events in your area. Visit yepnashville.com to join our newsletter and follow at yepnashville on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you're looking to connect with us on the West Coast, head on over to at Yep Los Angeles on Instagram. We can't wait to meet you. Now back to our podcast. Uh, talk more about your community, mentors, people that have helped you along the way and are still helping you now. Um, so when I first came to town, like I said, I was playing downtown and um, I did a Bluebirds workshop, a Bluebird workshop. I didn't even know they had that. Yeah, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did a Bluebird <laughs> workshop and they bring in uh, publishers and um, they had three publishers up there in the front and you play them your songs as unsigned artists, as unsigned artists, mm-hmm. songwriters, whatever. And Janine Appleton was there. And yeah. um, I'll never forget, <clears throat> I played my songs and afterwards I had a show to get to 
um, that night up in Illinois because I was playing shows this whole time in Illinois. Every weekend I would drive home and play shows. And so everybody had to stay. And you can't park when you do the workshop there because the parking lot's so small. You have to park down at this church. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so Janine was parked there. And Janine had to take me back to my car because I had to leave early to go to this, to go to uh, my show. Mm -hmm. And we were in the car and Janine goes, you know what? I really like some of your songs. If you get a handful more songs, here's my card. Call me. And I said, okay, of course. So next day, what am I doing? I'm writing songs like crazy. You know, a month later, I called Janine and and I went and played her my song. She goes, this is so good. Like, you you have to meet my boss, which is Rusty Gaston. Yeah. And um, so I went in and I played for Rusty. Mm-hmm. Going back a little further, the first time I moved here, they have these things called number one parties. You know, when I was, <laughs> yeah. I had no clue those existed when I moved here. And I had a buddy who's like, you can just walk in. I'm like, no way. And it was Honeybee. <laughs> Honeybee, number one. And I was like, there is no way you can just walk in here. He's like, yeah. Like, let's just walk in. I said, okay. So I walk in. Honeybee, number one. Blake Shelton's on stage. And I'm already, like, freaking out. You're losing your mind. Yeah. Peach Pickers up there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. These are, like, my idol songwriters. Well, then this guy steps up, and he's, like, talking about his songwriters. And I had no idea what he did. You know, I just... And it was Rusty Gaston, you know, and it was, he was up there. This was probably seven years ago. And he's up there and he's talking about songs and he's screaming, he's preaching about country music. And I'm like, I hope someday I'm with a guy like that, you know? So then fast forward a little bit, I'm downtown playing Tootsie's, I don't know, probably Friday, Saturday night. And I'm upstairs at Tootsie's and in walks that guy I saw talking um, at the honeybee number one, Rusty. And I was like, okay. I'm going to kill this right now. I'm going to get on these speakers. I'm going to dance. I'm going to, you know, crush it. Well, I'm up, I'm singing. I'm feeling good about it. And he walks right up to the front of the stage, didn't even look at me, threw his beer away and walked out. And I was like, okay, I know he does something in the industry. I might not know what it is. I know he does something, but he just did not look at me at all. This is not where I need to be right now. I need to figure out a way out of this. So here, we fast forward. She goes, you got to meet my boss, Rusty Gaston. I go in and it's the guy that was at the honeybee number one. It was the guy that threw his beer away right in front of me at Tootsie's. And here I play my song, you know, and I'm probably sweating bullets. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I get done. He's like, well, I'll never forget what he said. You're not as bad as. literally. Yeah. (laughs) This is to a D. He's like, well, you're not as bad as I thought you were going to be. Oh. Well, thank you. (laughs) Have you told him this story? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, I told him this story. Yeah, he has no clue. He has he does not remember me at Tootsie's. He does not remember any of that stuff. So funny. He's like, well, you're not as bad as I thought you were going to be. And then we just struck up a great relationship. And um, I ended up signing to this music. And Rusty and, of course, Janine, she left in six months and went over to Curb and Word. Um, mm-hmm. Went over to Word and now became Word and Curb. Um, but the, Janine was my first champion, and then she had to leave to go to a new opportunity. And Rusty has just been there for me. And from day one, he's opened every door that's ever been involved in my career. It's been Rusty Gaston. And I just, I owe everything to him, you know, and just all the hard work. And then my, um, you know, my agent over at William Morris, Doug Neff, um, we started working together before he was even an agent. Oh, wow. You know, and he was booking shows. He would come up to Illinois and watch me. He's from um, Decatur, Illinois. And so he would come up and watch shows. And started booking me when I had no label deal. We did, me and Rusty and Doug did shows for probably two years, three years, and just made our own tours together, figured it out, grew across the Midwest. We were playing Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. 
Wisconsin. We started just kind of taking it small and growing it out. And those guys have done everything for me. They've been there from day one. I couldn't imagine my, my career would not be where it's at without those guys. Man. Yeah. I love Sorry. It. I probably went no, too deep. That's like, no, that's, that's perfect. Um, and I mean, it, it's a testament to kind of still not giving up on those relationships when you think they should be a certain way at a certain time. Like yeah, you totally. continued and I to still dug be, do, do the hard work and then just let those organically form how they were supposed to. Yeah, totally. And you know, Doug's still my booking agent and we've been working Love together it. for five years probably. And, and Rusty's still my publisher. And, uh, you know, I hope those guys get to be a part of my career forever. You know, I love them. They took a little kid that didn't know what he was doing and helped mold me and shape me into um, somewhat of a country artist. <laughs> yep, here you are. <laughs> here right. I am. Still surviving. Any advice for the young entertainment professional uh, that's trying to, well, in particular, the performer. So figuring out <clears throat> what their stage presence is, what their audience is. Because you've talked yeah. a lot about, too, those songs that mean a lot to you and they're personal. So it's easy to obviously live that out. But for someone that's trying to figure that out. and Yeah. it's uh, You know, I always say it's different for everybody. Yeah. You know, I was out playing shows. That's where I grew as a performer. Mm -hmm. Um grew a lot. I played, I was playing in bars since I've been 17, you know, and I would go home when I moved here every weekend and played shows and grew as a performer. And that's, I, I still to this day feel like that's my strongest thing is you can put me on stage and I can do it because I've done it so much, you know. Um, one of the harder things for me was um, sitting down and writing and creating hits. You know, that's a big part of it because there's some people, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can think of a few that didn't do the live thing. They didn't go play shows. They sit in Nashville and wrote songs and they created hits and now they can go out and play these awesome shows and they didn't have to worry about the performance side so much. So it's just so many different sides and ways that you can do it. You know, you can sit in Nashville and, and pound out songs and songs and get great songs and get other cuts. And I just, I never had that opportunity. It wasn't my path. My path was being out, playing shows. I started in my little hometown, 550 people and grew that to Okay, now I'm playing a, I'll never forget, I played an hour away. And that was a big deal. That yeah. was a big deal. And my bass player that played that show with me is still with me today. You know, we've been six years into this. And we were like, man, this is so far. We've got to get a room. It was probably an hour, 20 minutes. And now we do like, we'll play and we'll drive all night after the show. But it's just, I'll that we just kept growing out, growing it out, growing it out, getting it bigger, getting it bigger. And there's, there's so much hard work that people don't see. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's going to come down to sometimes it's not the most talented. I'm not the most talented. I haven't even said I'm, I've made it or anything, but it's like, it's going to come down to how bad you want it. Any, is anyone the most talented though? Very true. About, no. I mean, John Mayer's pretty freaking I mean, talented. He's on up there. Yeah. Chris Stapleton's pretty freaking talented. You know, I mean, there's some guys out there that are just blow your mind talented, <laughs> but not me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. But, but Give I'm yourself just, more credit. But I'm just saying like, you my my motto is I'm just going to outwork everybody. You yeah. know, I grew up on a farm. It's how it's how I was raised to work hard, and um, I never turned down a show. Like when I was playing shows and I was barely making money, I did it. You know, I did it to grow. I did it to hopefully. There was so many of those shows where I went and played for five hundred dollars, where there was a guy in the crowd that saw me and said, "You know what? I really like you. We're going to put you on our major, our big festival, the big stage, open up for Chris Young next year." And it was like. Oh my gosh, you know, and, and Rusty was always, at this time, Rusty was managing me and helping me out with everything. And, and he was so adamant about that. He's like, you never know what this will turn into. Always play like you're playing for, you know, 
the yeah. biggest crowd you've ever played for. What was one of the first gigs that you got that you were really excited about that was something that was really <clears throat> special to you at the time? So we play, We got uh, we got to play the DuCoin State Fair, which is Illinois, and it's the Southern State Fair of Illinois. There's kind of two of them. But it was opening for Montgomery Gentry, and it was kind of my first ever Drew Baldridge opening for Montgomery Gentry. I'll never forget, the tickets were like 35 bucks. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my name's on a $35 ticket. This is wild. <laughs> and and so that was that was a big moment. And at that time, all my band guys, we were all from Illinois. Yeah. We were all an hour from each other. Our families were there. Our friends were there. People that saw me move to Nashville. At that time, my some of my family growing up on the farm, they're like, what are you doing? You're just down there writing songs. Like, you could be up here throwing hay bales. Like, we need you, you know? And that was kind of the moment that they come out and they're like, whoa, this, like, Drew's doing this. Like, yeah. he's playing with Montgomery Gentry. These, this is like, you know, songs of our child and of our life. These, he's playing with them, you know? And so that was a huge, huge moment. And I think after that, you know, moving forward, got a record deal, all this stuff. Um, and then the next big thing, we got to play the Grand Ole Opry for the first time. Oh, yeah. And that was like, the, oh, crap. The thing. The thing. The moment. I mean, that was the moment of like, okay, I'm being accepted in country music now. You know, we had our record come out. My favorite artist was Josh Turner. Love Josh Turner. I love, yeah, he's and great. Yeah, he's amazing. And I grew up singing in church a lot. And so I would sing in bars on Saturday night, and then I would wake up Sunday and I would lead worship. And so... I only had to learn one song with Josh Turner because I could sing, you know. Um, what is it? I know what you're talking about. Long Black Train, you know. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could do all his stuff. And yeah. he had the baritone voice, the baby locked the door. Do you, still, do you cover his stuff at your oh, shows? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I came out on the opera stage and I covered, I told everybody, I, I saw jo- Josh Turner when I was 18 years old. My mom surprised me with tickets for my 18th birthday here at the Wild Horse. It was my first time in Nashville. The Wild Horse. I remember, yeah. My parents used to take me here for vacation. Oh, no way. So That's awesome. So it was just kind of like that was one of the things that we would go and, yeah. Yeah, so we came down here at the Wild Horse, and I was I remember sitting in the crowd and thinking, this is what I want to do. I'm going <laughs> to give up baseball. I'm going to give up scholarships. I'm going to move to Nashville. And so I told everybody that story at the Opry, and I sang a Josh Turner song. You know, I sang, we were locked in the door and turned the lights down low, that whole thing. And about halfway through it, my guitar player steps up to play a solo. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm killing this. You know, like, I'm crushing this. This could not go any better. And my guitar player steps up, and he starts playing a solo, and the crowd just, like, roars for him. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, what the crap? Okay, well, you know. What is going on? And I turn around and look, and Josh Turner's behind me, standing behind me. No. And I'm already a wreck. Let's be honest. It's the first time on the Opry. I'm nervous as crap. And then I turn around, and here's freaking Josh Turner. And I was like, crying and it was um, I was a mess oh. I was a mess <laughs> yeah I was crying and this is my childhood musical hero right next to me I mean who wouldn't yeah and so you know he puts his arm around me he's like this is one of the good guys in country music and he went to the front of the st- he starts singing and I quit singing because he's so good you know and so he went to the front of the stage and he's like take it Drew and I just looked <laughs> and I just like you can see my face. If you can see my face right now, it says it all. I just literally looked at him and I had no clue where the song was. I had no idea where you we were in the song. Just I just like, was quiet. He said, sing it. And I just was quiet <laughs> and I had nothing to do. And the band had to like play it out and go to the ending and like end the whole song. It's on YouTube. You can see the whole thing. But uh, it was one of the most mu- like 
craziest part moments of my career. Still is. I, I love I that. Think about it, and it's still the most awesome moment. Yeah, and we've been really lucky. We've been able to go out with him quite a bit, it. play shows together. And you know, when you're growing up and you're always worried about meeting music, musical heroes or heroes in life and stuff, he's one of those guys that's just lived up to everything. He's just a good person, good family person, um, great singer, puts out great songs. And so, yeah, we've been really lucky to play a couple shows with him, and he's been so good to me. God, I love it. So that's such a great story. Um, so you're heading out on the road for a couple more yeah. weeks here. Yeah, so tell so, us where we can oh, keep shoot. up to date with you. Um, you can follow along at DrewBaldersMusic.com. We post all the tour dates um, up there. And then, of course, Instagram is Drew Baldridge Music, Facebook, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll probably be making an announcement of the dates soon. We haven't even announced all the dates where we're playing at. Okay. Um, it's just a handful, you know. We'll probably... Right now they're doing radio stuff. I'm doing radio stuff, and so you got to go out and do radio tour, which is, you know, you got to go play these shows, and in turn they play your music. And so, um, I have a handful of those too that we're doing for radio stations. And so finding time when we're both off at the same time to play shows has been kind of difficult. But we wanted to do this tour together, and um, so there'll be, you know, there's a lot of sh- stations in the Northeast and the Midwest. Is kind of where these. Uh, a lot of shows, sorry, a lot of shows in the Northeast and Midwest is kind of where this tour has been focused so far, but hopefully we'll be able to branch it out a little more because it's right now we have dates up until the beginning of the year mm-hmm. is kind of what we're focused on. And then, you know, after that, I don't really know, you know, what what happens after January. we got to find a new deal, and um, we will. We'll keep our head down you and will. do that. You'll find one. Oh, you're okay, sweet. Thanks. I hope thanks. so. Confidence. I'll, Confidence. Never, I'll never say that in a non-genuine <laughs> way. Uh, <laughs> Really quickly, pointers for doing radio tour. You know, oh, I, people always talk, or artists always talk about, oh, I'm going on radio tour. What kind of advice do you have when, somebody? When I started radio tour, I took a a, uh, a notebook out with me, and I wrote down every radio station I went to. And dedication. Um, yeah, and I wrote down who they were, um, you know, when their birthdays were, what they liked things like that, and try to create, focus on creating real relationships and be yourself. Don't be somebody you're not or try to be one of the cool kids or somebody out there that you're not or the music that you're not. Be you and be real and be authentic and create real relationships with these um, radio girls and radio guys because they are part of your team. When you, as soon as they sign up to play your song, this is something people don't realize. When they sign up to play your song as a new artist, they are signing up to be with that song for eight months. You know, they can't, until a song, most of the time when it gets number one, if they add it first week, it takes songs eight months sometimes to get up the chart. Wow. And so, okay. and wow. so if they start playing your song, they're married to that song and to you as an artist. And putting it in rotation. And putting it in a rotation. Yeah. That means they believe in you. That That's like... Your first person in Nashville coming up to you and saying, hey, maybe we should sign a pub deal. Well, guess what? They're part of your team. Guess who else is? Country Radio. Those are the people that are taking a chance from this nowhere kid or nowhere girl, nowhere boy. Um, they're, they're the ones that are going to build your career. And so they are just a part of your team as everything else is. So you got to treat them that way. You know, do the radio shows. Um, you know, be their friend. I have so many people in radio right now that I could text and they're my they would be there for me. You know what I mean? Like they would, they're my friends. And I think that's one of the most important things. If you go out to, on radio tour is um, don't be, you know, don't feel like 
you're holding back and you don't want to make relationships or anything, go out and make those relationships because they're going to be a big part of your team. And um, be confident when you're because a lot of times you're going in these rooms and sometimes it's a room just like we're in right now, a conference room, and there's five people, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, show me what you got, you know, and you're like, you're like okay. okay, I'll try. <laughs> but I think you just got to be confident and be confident in the music you're making and um, show them who you are. Go up there, play your songs, whatever kind of style you want to do, sit down, stand up, and, uh, and build those relationships and figure out, you know, know everything that's what going down in the country world. You know, there's so many changes that goes on in country radio right now, friends that are losing jobs, that are switching jobs, and and you got to know all that. You got to know what's going on and be involved and, and be willing to help when things go bad, when, you know, there was a, a shooting in Dayton, Ohio, just a couple, you know, weeks ago. Um, you got to know that stuff and reach out to those, your friends, you and know, know country what kind radio. of creativity and um, music that people need. Yeah, hear, exactly. You know? Exactly. And also call into them, you know, and be like, hey, I'm thinking of you guys, you know, like that is important. That's what country music, country radio is family. That's what yeah. all of this music is based on is on family. And, um, you know, we're just one big family in country music. And you got to be there for one another. And so. it's obvious, you know, empathy is a huge thing to, yeah. to have in your career, to be very thankful for those relationships and tell people why you're thankful for those to- relationships. Totally. Give them that kind of, it goes beyond just what you can do for me or, you know. Totally. And, you know, and in return, they're thankful for your friendship because, you know, they have a show that they need filled. And guess what? Well, you're there for that. You know, you want to be there. It's a partnership. You give, they give. And, and uh, it really, it works out well. And, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. You gotta want to build those relationships and keep those relationships. And, uh, because they, you know, they end up being friends and I have so many friends that I could, like I said, I could call right now and whatever, if I was going through something, they'd be like, Oh, let's talk about it. You know? And so it's, it's, it's really awesome. It's really awesome. Well, this has been awesome. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. For Probably taking I'm just the talking time. too much. I, I, get, I, mean, I get to talk and I don't shut up. Sorry. You gave a lot of great advice and stories and people behind us here. Christina. <laughs> yeah. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast. To get connected, visit yepnashville.com and follow Yep Nashville and Yep Los Angeles on social media. I'm your host, Libby Ulrich. And until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.